ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey, Brian. Did you see this card? Uh, Stromkirk. What's it called? Stromkirk Condemned? You know, I, I saw it briefly. I was kind of wondering, is this... I saw one of my pet cards from the last set yeah. was Call the Bloodline. Yeah. Which lets you discard a card, which could have some value in a world of madness. Pay oh, yeah, one, it's discard an enchantment, though, right? Yeah, it's an enchantment. Yeah. And it makes a 1-1 vampire token with lifelink. And you can only use it once per turn. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's it's pretty limited. Yeah, I mean, it's very good and limited. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's a card I was definitely... I've definitely been, uh, you know, I've had my eye on. It's like, is there some kind of like? You gotta pay mana, right? You gotta pay one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Stinks. Stinks. <laughs> this the card stinks. I'm talking about, Stromkirk yeah. Condemned, is BB for a two-two creature vampire horror. So it's both a vampire and a horror. It's horrible, but not in the way of like, not in the way of like a a, a four mana two-two flyer being horrible. Yeah. More like in horrible like a. Like, you know, you're scared of it. And it has the ability to discard a card. Vampires you control get plus one, plus one. It's kind of turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. But it's a vampire, so it gets plus one, plus one. Any other vampires will get buffed. Right. So, like, the ability to, like, spit out a whole bunch of vampires. Possibly using, using madness abilities, yeah, using right? using madness abilities, call the bloodline. Seems pretty interesting to me. Well, yeah, so, I mean, the reason that I... I mean, so here's an example, right? There's this other card which I like. Voldaren Pariah, which is 3 BB for a 3 3 flyer. So, the 5 mana for a 3 3 flyer is not very good, but it has it has uh, the ability Madness BBB, so you could pay it for 3 and get a 3 3 flyer. That's pretty good. It also has the ability to sacrifice 3 other creatures. It doesn't matter if they're vampires or not. Right. Transform Voldaren oh, yeah, like Pariah. And it doesn't even, almost doesn't matter what it transforms into. It's, it's, <laughs> right. It's, it's the good active, what's it, what, how much. Uh, how much transformable card advantage do you get yeah, when you so, transform the card? So it has the ability... So it becomes Abolisher of Bloodlines. Mm. So I guess this is just like... This follows up on the, the Keeper of Bloodlines. It's like the Arya Stark of... Mm. Uh, of uh, I was going to say Shadows over Innistrad, I'm sorry. <laughs> of uh, Eldritch Moon. Flying 6-5 when this creature transforms into Abolisher of Bloodlines. Target opponent sacrifices three creatures. Whoa! Anyway, I think those two cards go together like peanut butter and chocolate. Wow. Um, but yeah, so but anyway, my macro point. So being, wait, so that card. What is that card? What's the cost on the on the first card again? Stromkirk condemned is BB for a two-two. So like a playable casting cost. We've seen. Oh, for sure. We've I seen think. vampire hexmage, for example, get played. You know, I mean, just reasons. just for just as an example, right? So you have Stromkirk condemned. Discard a card, vampire creature. So you discard a card, right? Going onto the stack is the ability vampires you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. But if you revealed Voldaren and Pariah with it, that goes on the stack on top of it, right? So then you resolve that card, and then it's in play when plus one plus one happens. So this will be like a sweeping. Let's say your opponent was attacking with, I don't know, a three three, and uh, you know, and he's just like, well, if I swing this three three, then I'm going to get the Stromkirk condemned and and the card that he discards to trade. That that would be like. Zoink! I have a three three, but then I get the plus one plus one ability right. on it to buff it up. So how, how how hard do you think it'll be in standard to have like R on turn one and BB on turn two? 
Um, well, that's impossible. You can't actually do that, can you? I guess you could. Oh, you could do it with a reveal lens, yeah. right? Yeah, that's pretty hard. You could only do it with reveal lands. Okay. So, so you I need to. About, make, I was thinking about the Falcon so, Wrath Gorger. I think which that will happen. Gives all your vampires madness. I think that will happen. Um, So you kind of need swamp. Maybe you need another reveal land or swamp, right? Some variation of the swamp on turn two. Yeah. Um, I think you happen uh, like pretty low, like seven. No, that's way too too high. <laughs> I'm trying. To, it's I, it's not quite a two card combination. It actually depends on how many swamps you have. So I don't. I, I, I'm trying to do the math, but my math is flawed because I don't know how many swamps you have. Right. Okay. But I mean, the card is is this card is certainly reminiscent. To some degree of like a wild mongrel. What? Wait, hold, hold, hold on, though. Brian. I thought the same thing, right? But let's be honest here. This card's a rare. Yeah. It's BB instead of G1, so it's, a, it's already a little bit prohibitive. Sure. You can only do it once per turn. Yeah, so that's like. You so it's can't like just... you can. It's easy for you to check how big the creature is. You unless like... I forgot. <laughs> unless I forgot if he's the ability or not, right? That's possible. You know, the other thing is there's a lot of math going, what are them, depending on how many vampires are out there? Oh, yeah. Brian, let's just not in, let's not invoke the savage bastard. Let's not do that. Because, we'll be honest with you, it's not good for me if there's a wild mongrel available. What if there were two wild mongrels available, Michael J? Brian, what are you talking about? Have there's no wild mongrel. Wild mongrel hasn't been in print since, like, 2003. Have you seen Noose Constrictor? Oh, God. Is it, is it constricting around my neck? Is that what that is? <laughs> it is... Like, Brian, if we don't talk about this, you may not realize. Does this mean that we, if we don't talk about it, <laughs> yeah, will it cease to exist? No. Like no one will have it and be not a problem. Much like its ability, reach will not. Cease oh my to God, exist reach! When you attack oh, into it with a flyer. So Mike, Michael's bane. One of the reasons Michael doesn't play limited. I play limited. I've been a very, top 25 limited player very, on multiple occasions. Very rarely plays limited these I five days. I've won the Pro Tour in limited last is year. Is the existence of Wild Mongrel. Oh, don't talk about it. I drafted Wild Mongrel sometimes, and all that would happen was I would discard my hand. <laughs> that's all That's all that would ever happen. My hand would be into the bin. If my opponents had Wild Mongrel, I would always lose 100% of the time. So, News Constrictor is, a, is basically Wild Mongrel. Instead of changing the color of the Wild Mongrel, it has reach. But it's discard a card, and News Constrictor gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. No limitation on the number of times you can use it. Card's pretty exciting. I mean, Wildmonger was, like, one of the best cards when it was in print, and not just standard, but also in in extended it was played. I feel like it's... I mean, this card, this card fights, like, Sylvan Advocate pretty effectively. Did Jeff Cunningham ever get, like, a Grand Prix Top 8 with Wildmonger in it in... Oh, wait, forget about that. Sir, didn't Cerrone get a Pro Tour Top 8 with Wild Mongrel? With an extended? Jeffrey Cerrone, right? I don't remember. I mean, I know it won a Pro Tour, right? With Tarnished Citadel in Osaka. Can't That's help. block. I understand. But, it. I mean, I'm talking about extended. I think it was... I feel like Jeffrey Cerrone had it against... And he lost to Pierre Canale. Maybe. I, I don't but we can't look this up, so yeah, it's... Yeah. A, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I... This is a case where I wish I could look it up, but not really because we don't look things up on this podcast. Um, so, news constrictor, probably the reach is really the thing that's going to get me. <laughs> I'll attack into it with a flyer. My flyer will be killed so the, the on a consistent is, basis. Lot, lots of discard outlets we've seen in this set. Like, I mean, just two that we've just named. Like, is madness something that is you know 
has more room to play well, now with the, with with uh, well, Eldritch the, Moon. The problem is, this is a serious problem here. Emrakul is coming to Innistrad, so everybody's going crazy. News constructs. Is this a snake? So you could also play this with like Kamigawa block cards. <laughs> like any of the snakes matter cards will go to with news constriction. Can you imagine having had this in like alongside like Sakura Tribe Scout? <laughs> <clears throat> like what up? But I mean, can you imagine just like discarding fiery temper to this card? I can imagine it. That's I mean, what people did in to, standard. That's what we used to do. <laughs> yeah. It was good. No, no, we we discarded nimble mongoose because it was like <laughs> this is going to be a, a one one. <laughs> I'm never getting threshold. Yeah, this is just, it's not going to happen. It's kind of interesting, actually, right now, because we have, we have the madness, and instead of threshold, we have delirium, which kind of, you know... It's easier and up. harder, right? Yeah, yeah. It's harder, like, for reasonable people, easier for people but, I mean, who have a card, again, cards. a card like uh, News Constrictor News, or News Constrictor, whatever that one is, uh, gets, you know, makes that ability to make... Your, you know, for you to select what cards are going to your graveyard, more easy, right? News Constrictor is like, um, like Kevin Durant, I think. Except it's weird that it costs one energy instead of two energy. Wait, it's going to become a warrior? No, it costs one energy instead of two energy. I see. Get it? Sorry. It's a Constrictor. Yeah. Of nooses. Yeah. What would happen if somebody constricted your noose? And by noose, I mean your throat. You would die. Lose. But before you died and choke. lost. Choke. Oh, you would. It would cause you to No problem if he's on the worst. <laughs> I don't even th- I don't even know why anyone's talking about this. It's just another player on just another basketball Did they sign team. Danny West, too? Danny West? Um, David West. David, I, I heard a rumor that he was leaving. But David West was on, like, a weird tiny one-year deal with Pop, right? So he's yeah. going to go to a weird tiny one-year deal with Kerr. Yeah. Do you see the writing on the wall? What's the deal? Spurs got Pau Gasol. I guess maybe they don't need David. Did they? Yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, but I think that means that maybe Dunk will retire. He, yeah, it, it sounds pretty much like he's retired. But we don't have a lot of time. Okay, So we sorry. need to talk about Magic Cards. All right, so News Constrictor, uh, like the name of this podcast, Mike will never win Unlimited again. <laughs> again. Which implies that Mike had won Unlimited in the yeah, past, well, which is said, a lie. You said you went 5 In one Pro Tour. One Pro Tour. Uh, what do you think about Crypt Breaker? This is a card people were talking about a lot the other day online. It's B for a 1-1 zombie. It's a rare. And it has the ability 1B, tap, discard a card, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Which is okay by itself. But then it has tapped three untapped zombies you control. So they don't have, they can be summoning sick. They can be summoning sick. It can be this, could be the third zombie you play. Ain't no thing. Uh, tap three, untap zombies you control, draw a card, you lose one life. I mean, this card seems very good to me. Does this card seem constructed good to you? Like, does it seem standard good to you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, all these madness outlets is pretty good. Like, I would gladly discard that Voldaren 3-3 three, three to this. <laughs> you could discard... Here, but, like, you could sacrifice any kind of creatures. It doesn't have to be vampires or zombies to flip that guy. Right. That guy, the Ender of Bloodlines or whatever? Yeah. No, that kills, like, let's say you had, like, an Emrakul, an Ulamog, and a... 
<laughs> and Kozilek all in play. Well, yeah, no, it's an Emrakul, an Ulamog, and a Profane Prince. They were all in play <laughs> like, in yo, play. I'm indestructible. Same Z's protection from incident. <laughs> all dead. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, you actually get to, there's a special world invite. If you actually do that to somebody, like a rubber chicken falls down from the sky with a blue envelope taped to one wing, and you get to go play in the world championship. Well, you know that you're the pro tour historian, and people are going to think that that's actually going to happen. They're like, oh my gosh, guys, I heard the pro tour historian said this. All I have to do is kill a prophet. That's all you need to do. Put Ulamog and an Emrakul by flipping a vampire, and then I get a special worlds invite. True. What happens is Helen is watching every magic game in the entire world, and a chicken will fall out of the sky. That's right. It will fall right onto our play mats. It's true. But then who will know who won the game? The chicken will have fouled the board position. Get it? It fouled the board position. Buck, 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 buck. Yeah, I think this card's pretty cool. Crypt Breaker. Um, what do you think about this card? Because um, you have a cat, right? You used I do. to be a good Mauser, but no longer. I, no, no, no longer at all. Anywhere even remotely close to being a good Mauser. What about Harmless Offering? It seems like it's poorly named. This seems like very harmful, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they realize Demonic Pact is still around, right? Well, not only that, like, you could just play, like, a burn deck, and, like, Demonic Pact is basically a War Leader's Helix, and you just play it in your burn deck, and, look, the downside becomes so low when you have this card in your deck now. You just, like, play them both. And then, like, you could just play with other cards that people don't want, like, I don't know, just, like, some crappy cards and be like, here, take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I haven't gotten past the idea. Here's a crumbling, here's a crumbling vestige that I used to count on. <laughs> Doesn't make colorful mana anymore. Yeah. Is there any, I mean, is there anything else that, that leaps to mind, though? I mean, this is the big obvious one, right? It's weird. It's super time delayed, though, because you wouldn't want to give it to them before you use a lot of the ability. No, of course not. You give it to them when they're going to lose the game. So, like, do you think you play Grixis? you think you play just Rakdos? You could play Rakdos. I think you play Grixis. You know, what if you just played, like, all the all the commands? You played, like, Coligan's Command and Selvagar's Command and this card in Demonic Pact. Are there additional commands I could play? I mean, Selvagar's Command's the best one, right? Because it bounces the pact. Yeah, that's good. I could play Brutal <laughs> brutal Expulsion. That bounces the pact, oh, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. right. So yeah. You, Justifies your donates. Yeah. I mean, you could just, I mean, like, you can actually, could you play a deck where, like, the only way to win is donating the demonic pack? Well, no, probably not, because you would, you would probably want to just have burn cards and stuff. Sure. Like, it's I an think. Incidental burn. Um, but those are. But, like, cool. you could just play, like, this really pure control. Like, that lets you play some, like, really pure control. Yeah, pack. but then I want to play, like, one demonic pact and one strong, and one harmless offering, if that's how you want me to play. Maybe. I could see it. We'll have to ask uh, Shaheen Sarani. The expensive sorcery master? Yes. He I won't mean, talk about standard, though, until after the Pro Tour. He's, like, really upset. He's like, well, I'm qualified for the Pro Tour, and I'm testing with a pretty good team of people, and as such, I can't talk about all these cool standard things I want to do. Who says that out loud? First of all, it's true. None of us ever talk about standard, like, <laughs> right before the Pro Tour, but nobody says it out loud. You don't admit that. He's like, no. Like, you could just see, like, if you ever, if you follow, like, the top-level podcast Twitter stream, it'd be like, be like, oh, two weeks before the Pro Tour, looks like the topic will be modern. <laughs> People always say that, and, like, you know, it's about modern. I don't know why. <laughs> just it's just one of the things that you could talk about on a podcast. Sure. Where 
one or more of the people, generally one, is qualified for the Pro Tour. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so, all right, so the harmful offering is what we're going to call that. Uh, here, how about a different red card? What about Mirror Wing Dragon? Have you seen this guy? I have seen this guy. He seems cute to me. Hella spiteful is the term that I use. Yeah. So Mirror Wing Dragon is three red red for a four five dragon. Yeah. So like Danny could be riding him, you know. Sure. It's four five dragon. It's a little small. Maybe it's like it's a baby the dragon. Yeah, something. it's a baby dragon. Flying, Just like burning lambs up. Yeah. Whenever the up, occasional small dragon. Whenever a player doesn't say which player casts an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Mirror Wing Dragon. That player copies that spell for each other creature he or she controls that that spell could target. There's a lot of words here. So, isn't this just It's not like... done. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So, I just get the giant growth of my team? Oh. Well, I was thinking more like somebody tries to terror your mirror wing and kills, like, all of their own guys. Sure. That's what I thought happened. But I guess giant growthing my team is better. That's like a way better <laughs> implementation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 certainly a card that puts you in a in a pickle if uh, if you're relying on a terror or you know a uh, ultimate price, for example. But uh, I don't know. Hey, do you do you love this card? No. Okay. It's just it, like a big dunk. It just seems like a dragon. you know. I mean, it's I I didn't hear you say the word haste. No. Could you say it? I mean, it doesn't have haste. No. You can't. We can't like lay them having it. Like if we say that this card has haste, then we'll wake up tomorrow in an altered universe where the card has haste. I mean, there's definitely some Neil deGrasse Tyson universe where it has haste, right? right. That's not even so far of a universe. Right now. Yeah. Um, how about a more exciting red card? Have you seen this card, Nahiri's Wrath? Dumbest card ever. Wait, no, I haven't seen this card. Two R, sorcery, mythic rare. It's the dumbest card of all time. Two R. Yeah. Three mana. Sure, I get it. I As get it. an additional cost to cast Nahiri's Wrath, discard X cards. Okay. Right. Nahiri's Wrath deals damage equal to the total converted mana cost of the discarded cards to each of up to X target creatures and or planeswalkers. What? Oh, I thought it was players. It's less dumb. Yeah, well, with players, it's dumb. Oh, with players, it's like... You just look at your opening hand, you're like, derp, derp, you're dead. So I discard three cards. Yeah. Say which cards they are. The cards are... Emrakul? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the cards are three copies of Nahiri. Okay. So 12. Okay. Now. So you would have X equals three, because you discarded three cards. You would do 12 damage to each of three things. Really? Really. That's what that card does. Are you sure it's not divide that 12? No. That's not what that card does. It does... Nahiri's Wrath deals damage equal to the total converted mana cost of the discarded cards to each of up to X target creatures and planeswalkers. It's wow. good at killing planeswalkers. It really is. You can kill, like, a few planeswalkers. Like, imagine, like, the opponent had, like, three ultimate planeswalkers. Like, we're, like, sitting in play there. You're, like, they were playing against, like, Seth Manfield. He was just going to mess <laughs> you up, okay? You just cast this one... Nahiri's Wrath, discard like any reasonable cards. Just not like evolving wilds, you wouldn't discard that. Like, but you might discard like Tireless Tracker, or maybe if it was one of us, we would discard like Wolfenwald Hydra. Sure. Right? <laughs> we always have another one in our It was hand. always an extra. There's never enough mana to cast all the Wolfenwald Hydras you've drawn. 
Um, so that would be, well, you know, you could like kill two planeswalkers and like nine them each, you know? And so the thing that's interesting about it is, like to kill two huge planeswalkers, you would just use a card. You'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Um, but in this case, you actually get to, you know, um, you, you, you spend an additional card, which is the Nahiri's Wrath. But you could potentially get to do, like, Madness Tricks. Oh, sure. Or, like, like if you're discarding, like, Voldaren, whatever it's called, like, Voldaren Bloodline Flipper. Sure. Or, like, like incor- is it Incorrigible Youth? Is that the sure. name of that guy? Yeah, yeah, five mana. Yeah, you like, get to pay three for Madness. Like, these are, uh, or, like, even just Fiery Temper. Yeah, I was just saying, Fiery Temper is fine to discard. Even, like, even Avacyn's, is Avacyn's Fury, is that the name Well, just think about it. Imagine for okay. a second, imagine for a second you just discarded... Fiery Temper and Murderous Compulsion. Okay, at five minutes. Which one is Murderous Compulsion? Murderous Compulsion is two is black one, destroy target tapped creature, madness, black one. Okay. Right? So like like there's just a situation where you're like, okay, just you know, pay three, pay another three and discard these two cards. Deal a total of five to two different targets. Well gain additional three damage, so yeah, gain additional three damage and destroy a tapped creature. Yeah, so you spent three cards. Like, is it hard to imagine that scenario? So you spent three cards, dealt three to the opponent, and destroyed. You got four three. cards worth of damage and, out of and, that. Yeah, and got four things, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if this card is great. It's certainly dumb. <laughs> so, like I said before, this is the dumbest card. Super dumb. How about this one? Tell me if you think this one's super dumb or super smart. Okay. All right, I'll tell you a card. You tell me how much you think it should cost. Ooh, okay. I like this game. All right. This card costs... Oh, wait, that's not the game. I'm supposed to tell you the card. Look at... It's a sorcery. Yeah. Look at the top seven cards of your library. It should have been the top eight, I'll be honest. Yeah, obviously. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Look at this stupid thing I told you. It's like all these stupid (laughs) advertisements on the game. Look, what the hell is this? All right. Put up to two Planeswalker cards from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay. How much did that cost? Five. Five, you think? Five. Six. You put two planeswalkers into play? Yeah, but you have to hit two planeswalkers. That's so not... how about play with some planeswalkers? Sure, how many are you going to play with so that you can regularly I don't know. hit? How, how many cards do you reveal with collected company? Six? Six. All right, so people play with 30 creatures, right? Yeah. So I'll just play with, like, 25 15. planeswalkers. <laughs> like... Even if you play with 15 players, I mean, it's tough. It's a, it's, I, I think that that card's so How about if tricky. you just get one Planeswalker? But cool. if you get one Planeswalker, it's okay. What if you get, like, Soren and Chandra? Look at these things coming at us. Oh, we're dead. <laughs> All right, so there's, like, it looks like two TIE Fighters are coming at us. they are. So Brian's taking a picture. This will go in the show notes. TIE Fighters are approaching us. You can hear the TIE Fighters. Yep. That's the hatred of, uh... Of uh, Darth Vader there coming after us. It's because I'm a force sensitive. Those are like those, death- are, those are like some insane vertical takeoff and landing airplanes. VTOLs. Those are like helicopters, aren't they? They are helicopters, but they're also planes. You're also a plane. It's true. Walker. Okay, so this card... Prepare to duel. You think this should only cost five? I don't know. Five or six. I think it costs six. I think this card might be awesome. 
Yeah. What if you just make sure there's planeswalkers on top of how your many, deck? I mean, well, if you can make sure the planeswalkers are on top of your deck, that's great. But how many planeswalkers are you going to play in a deck, honestly? I don't know. Like, the most I would play is probably, like, around 15. Okay. And that's a lot, right? <clears throat> like, if you play, like, a Super Friends deck back in the day where they play, like, four, like three or four Little Jays, four Big Jays, like, three Ajani's, and then, like, two to four Elsbeths. So that's, like, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, if you have any way to manipulate your deck, if you have any way to put cards on top, then It's I, easy to put creatures on top. It's harder to put planeswalkers on I, I like, I like the, I like it more, but I, I feel like... I, it, I feel like it's hard to, to have the right dents. I feel like, I feel like they played around a lot with that number of how many cards you looked at. Like, what if it was, um... But if you're getting, like, Garrick, Seven, or... Or, um... What's the name of that giant dragon? What's his name? The Nickel Bolas? No, well that one's also good, right? With oh, Ugin. Like, what if you get like Ugin and Nickel Bolas? Then it's the best card ever. Yeah, like you got like basically like sixteen mana worth of two cruel ultimatums. Okay. I, that's not the type of card I, I I generally enjoy, but I gotta ask you about a different planeswalker specifically because there's there's two that we've seen in the set. So far, too, that I've seen anyway. People were like, Kai Buddha, like, you know. Why do you have to invoke the name of Kai when you're going to say that he's going to disagree with me? He he said this card is bad. Which card is quote-unquote bad? Liliana, the last hope. Did he read it before saying it was he bad? He did, he did. It was There was a picture of it in the tweet where he said it was bad. 1BB, Planeswalker, Liliana, 3 loyalty, plus 1. <laughs> Up to two, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus one until next turn, until your next turn. Yeah. So on your opponent's turn, it's you know small, and it can, you can kill stuff from time to time. Oh, too. keep going with the abilities. Minus two, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, and then minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. Put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X is two plus the number of zombies you control. All right, so let's go over these abilities. First of all, this is a three mana planeswalker. Three mana planeswalker. Yeah. There's a real good precedent. Well, like even a Johnny was pretty good, and like, I mean, not really that good, but like it was still pretty good. It was still played. The other three mana planeswalkers, for example, Domri Rad, the previous version of Liliana at one BB, and. Um, of course, Jace Bellerin were all super good. You're on the play. You go turn two Sylvan Advocate. Yeah. They go turn two Sylvan Advocate because that's all anyone ever does on turn two anyway. Yeah. Then you untap and you go turn three Liliana the last No, one. you beat with your Sylvan Advocate. They block. Sure. Right? So your Sylvan Advocate's bounce. You play post-combat Liliana that's, yeah, and then that's, eat their Sylvan yeah, Advocate. That's even better. Right? Or the other thing you could do is just go like ting their Sylvan Advocate and then attack and your guy gets through and then their guy's irrelevant right. on their turn. Right, but I think it's probably, I don't know. I don't know what's better, killing a Sylvan Advocate or making it irrelevant for one <laughs> turn and getting two damage in. I think that a Sylvan Advocate, considering how awesome it is in the long game, is probably better than yeah. just getting Sylvan two Advocate, in. by the way, a fine card to return in the mid to late game. Yeah, it's with, very <laughs> With your Liliana so, the Last Hope. First of all, like just to contextualize this, the plus one ability on Liliana the Last Hope is superior to the plus one ability on Jace Prince Prodigy, right? Yeah. Um, the... Uh, so, like, Jace is only minus 2, minus 0. Oh, so, minus 2, minus 1 is way better. For example, if you have, like, I was going to say, like, a bird of paradise or whatever, right? Like, a death cap cultivator. This just kills it. Or, how about a 
A Zulaport cutthroat. <coughs> yeah. How about killing a stupid Zulaport cutthroat? We could just name a bunch of cards that have toughness one that are insane. Yeah. Right? You could just kill those. I mean, sometimes you just clear the Elvish Visionary out of the way. Yeah, you could do that. It's plus one, it's right? It's beneath you, isn't it? And you could tell listeners, tell me honestly, it was beneath Mike to ever kill an Elvish Visionary. Well, I, sh- I should have... Beneath him. I should have used the language to kill a lone um, anointer of the whatever... one Anointed, anointed of champions. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, so I died at the Grand Prix. <laughs> and then I didn't win any matches. Yeah, but... Yeah. yeah. And again, it's until... It's until your next turn, so even if your opponent has, like, a pump spell or some way to save... Like, you do it on your turn, and then your opponent's like, uh-oh, I want to save my guy, like you would normally in response to a removal spell. Like, you know, like when you dark blast something, your opponent's like, you know, gives it a little toughness boost. A little oomph. It's going to die on their upkeep. That's pretty horrible. Yeah. Probably even before then, but... Oh, I mean, I'm going to... That's my new thing. I'm going to... Oh, you're probably going to giant Yeah, giant <laughs> Sweet. Okay, upkeep, it's dead. <laughs> it's dead, idiot. So, yeah, this card seems great to me. It's like, like a, I don't know that it has an obvious home. Like, people no, just, it's a token machine gun, for one thing. Like, so let's, it's like, it's, it's a, up against the GG1 uh, Nissa, right? So, oh, yeah. not like, so they're like, all right, make a plan. Like, kill your plan, right? You're staying even. And then, you know, the, the minus two ability is, like, probably pretty good. I think this card is going to be insane in black-red. Was just you play it like an infinite number of goblin dark dwellers seems like a prohibitive <laughs> thing for your opponent to be able to beat, right? Like, let's say they had like, let's say they had a goblin dark dweller, and you're like, okay, cast a fiery impulse on it. All right, it's only taken three. I'm like, okay, give it minus one. Now it's dead, right? Oh. Then I can get back my goblin dark dweller. Oh, actually, that's that's as a as like a finisher on four toughness, or, or even as a finisher after a languish on a five toughness. Yeah. Wow, that's. That's kind of big. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty good, right? So, and, and, and the fact that you could get, like, an infinite number of Garplin Dark Dwellers is ridiculous. <laughs> the card is insane, yeah. right? So, like, this card is, like, pretty good at that, right? And yeah. Because let's, let's say you only were able to recycle Goblin Dark Dwellers two additional times in the course of the game. How many Goblin Dark Dwellers do you need to win the game? Usually right. if I draw one, the opponent's like, oh, man, Goblin Dark Dwellers again? Well, and again, usually in that stage of the game, if you get the first Goblin Dark Dweller, you're getting back... Colligan's command, oh, yeah. which is bringing back another Goblin Dark Dweller. Or at least like a Kalidus, you know, like yeah. it's all horrible. I think that the minus seven is like not going to come up as often because you actually need to activate this thing four times. Five times? Like the minus seven. Oh, the is, fifth. Yeah, you need to, like, yeah, the full fifth. It needs to be in play for five turns. Like and it has a pretty small, small loyalty to start. I don't know. It's, it can defend itself, but like, and that ultimate is pretty interesting, right? Yeah. It well, goes, it's an emblem. Like you're just not going to lose that game. Well, like, you, you could still lose the game, but, like, not to conventional means, you're, you're, you know? You're not going to lose that game. Um, um, I think this card is powerful. I think it's a, it's going to be a chase. Uh, so, what about Oath of Liliana? Um, I think that card is insane. So, 2B for a legendary enchantment, you know, fills out the cycle of Planeswalker Oaths. When Oath of Liliana enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So, it's uh, basically like a an edict, but for 2 and a B instead of 1 and a B. But it gets, like, multiple opponents if there are multiple opponents. Sure. But it's also... And um, then at the beginning of each end step, at each end step... Yeah. If a Planeswalker enters the battlefield under your control this turn, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. So if you get paid with this once, it's enough to be insane. <laughs> so, like, if you just go, like, Oath of Liliana, kill your thing, untap Gideon, double 2-2s the next turn... Yeah. Like... 
you're probably not going to lose. And like you were talking before about playing decks that have like a bunch of planeswalkers, you I think that I think that Oath of Gideon is going to be at an all time high of how good it's going to be because of um, um, because of the high high loyalty abilities on some of the planeswalkers. And so you just play like Oath of Gideon and Oath of Liliana and. Like, Oath of Gideon is actually going to be, like, super relevant in terms of giving people additional loyalty. And just go, like... I can just imagine having, like, Liliana, Obnexilis, Gideon, Soren in, like, a black-white Planeswalker deck. Now, now you're going to want to play that other card. And that other card start, suddenly starts looking pretty good, you know? I mean, do you have, do you have like, 18 Planeswalkers in this All right, deck imagine, now? Let's imagine you're playing a, a blue-control deck. Gonna play, you're going to play four Gideons, All right, right, so imagine you're playing a blue-control deck, okay? Yeah. And I'm playing a black-white control deck. Historically, numbers favor you, okay? Historically, the kind of deck that you have is good against the kind of deck I have. Let's say we're playing a long game. Back and forth. I'm, like, barely staying in it. You know, you, you can unilater unilaterally counterspell my things. All I can do is remove your things. I'm just, like, barely staying in it. It's, like, a long game, you know. But you only have so many counterspells, right? And you have very few ways to actually win. So you're like, man, I really need to draw, draw my dragon or whatever to, to close out this game because... You know, or Mike's gonna end up beating me with something stupid, and I just go mm, deploy the gate watch. Like, do you let that resolve? That's a must counter card for you. Sure. Maybe it's not a main deck card for me, but I think that's a must counter card for you. But you're also playing a black white deck. Yeah. Like so, like in theory, you could also have spent your previous turns. Making sure the coast is clear to play that spell. Yeah. So, uh, which sort of brings me to, a, to a, what do you think about Whispers of Emrakul? Whispers of Emrakul. Emrakul. Uh, 1B for a sorcery, uncommon. Target opponent discards a card at random. Not super amazing. There's not that many random discards in Magic but for a long time. Delirium, then that player discards two cards at random instead. It becomes him the Torak. Well, for one, it'd be, but you have to have delirium. You have to have delirium. Yes. I think that this. How card's, how quickly can you get delirium in standard? I don't think this card's going to be super popular, personally. Yeah. It's. I mean, like, <clears throat> the problem is that like the reason him to Torak was so so soul crushing is because people did it on the first, second, and third turns. And be like, <laughs> first turn, like swamp dark ritual. ritual, him to Torak, demonic consultation for him to Torak. Second turn, him to Torak. You. Third turn, Necropotence. It was like you know that was the play pattern. But like I don't, that's not going to happen now, right? Sure. You, you, you need like four turns at least to get the delirium. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're playing like a dedicated delirium deck, like what do you do? Like first turn, evolving wilds, right? Or like maybe you're like first turn dead weight. Like I don't know. Like first turn dead weight. Second turn, like hanger back walker for zero. Right? <laughs> like it's just. I'm actually first turn dead weight. Second turn hanger back walker for zero. Um, and well, evolving wilds, you're there. The card, the card that I really like. You have creature, I like, artifact, I like, uh, land, and I really enchantment. like Vessel of Nascency for uh, for Delirium. Yeah, so that card's interesting. That card is like kind it's, of a weird font of fortunes. Also, yeah, it's G. It's G for an enchantment that is G one sacrifice. Flip over five. Flip over four. Four. Put put like a, a permanent into your hand. And then the rest go to your graveyard. It's like land enchantment. Or... Oh, wait. I thought it put a land into play. No, 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 no. It puts it in your hand. Oh, this card stinks. Uh, I mean, it's it's a delayed... It's a green anticipate that feeds delirium. Yeah. Costs three. It does cost three. 
sorcery speed. It's not sorcery to speed. To start. It's not sorcery speed. It's one, it's G. I mean, you play Oath of Nyssa all the time. Yeah. You know. That card puts, like, a Marachal into my hand. Yeah, well, so can this. For three. <laughs> yes, but you get to do it when you want to do it, too. And it also feeds your delay. Like, the ability to, like, put cards in your graveyard has some value here. Yeah, I agree. Do you like this card, um, Kessig Prowler? Have you seen Kessig Prowler? Which one is that? First of all, I love the picture on Kessig Prowler. It looks cool, in my opinion. It's a G for a 2-1 creature. Yeah. Wo Werewolf Horror. That's already, like... So it's just good. Yeah, like, that's already better than a bunch of the cards in the White Weenie deck. That's... <laughs> right? Like, for real. So it's just an upgraded Wild Dogs? I mean, it's way upgraded Wild yeah, Dogs. Yeah, way I upgraded. It's like, this is way better than, like... I mean, I guess... I guess Dragon is Hunter's it actually... Best? Is it the best green one-drop? Like, in terms of, like, offensive... Has there ever been a better... It's probably the second best PAP in standard. If you want yeah. to just rate paps, but like most of the paps are white, right? Right. So this one is G for a two-one, werewolf horror. Then has the ability four energy, so it's a long game thing. Yeah. Transform Kessick Prowler. Already good enough. I don't <laughs> need to know what's on the other side. But the other side's sweet. Sinuous Predator. I like. It's almost like you. You think you're playing some bluff game. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna transform it. You don't know what's on the other side. Do you even want to keep playing? So the other side is. A, it's just a four-four that can't be blocked by more than one creature. But it's just fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a mana sink for late in the game. I think this card's valuable. sweet. Yeah. I actually think this card's good. I, I I tend to use the word sweet to describe cards that I want to play with that are never actually going to be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet is definitely a, a dog whistle. I mean, like, sweet, like, like, demonic pact is closer to sweet than good. You know, <laughs> like it's like it could be good, but it's pretty close. It's like we should come up with the buzzword grading scale of cards. Um. So what what do you what about Eldritch Evolution? This is another card people have been talking about a lot. I mean, it's being one of the best cards in the set. It's probably going to get banned in modern. Really? Yeah, it's too good. Why why is that? I mean, like what if you just played with uh I don't know, Gurmag Angler and you went like second turn Gurmag Angler, third turn Eldritch Evolution Iona. I love it. Yeah, that's not a thing that that's not <laughs> that's not a healthy play pattern, right? That's a... Then I go Innocent Blood. No, you don't. I named Black. I have an Iona in uh, play. If you name Black, then I'm going to go Echoing Truth. <laughs> no, you're not. No one Echoing Truths. <laughs> Everyone ultimately Echoing Truths. That's the important that's thing the, to remember. That's the end of the chain. Like, the well, then all Echoing the ruin end, you. The end of every chain is Echoing Truths. I mean, I think this card's just pretty good. Like, you just go... Um, I mean, you can already do some of that stuff in Standard, right? Like, you, there's some... I mean, I think that the... I think that the the delve threats make this card really stupid. That's yeah. Like, the Gurmag Angler in particular. I mean, you could just, like, easily set up cards, like, you know, just by playing cards that you would otherwise play, right? Like, people like Tazigur the Golden Vang. It's a good yeah, card, yeah. right? People like... Um, and getting from Tazigur to eight is exciting. Well, no, Tazigur is... We go, oh, yeah, he goes eight. Which one? Gurmag Angler is also... It's no, Gurmag Angler is seven, so seven. it goes to nine. So, uh, but you could go to you could go to Gristlebrands. You could yep. go to some some of the Eldrazi giants. You can go in, in certain decks. You can go to Craterhoof Behemoth. Um, so I think that I think that'll be dumb. Yeah. What about in standard? Like, do you think this card's okay in standard? Do you think I think this card's very good. What's what's the what's the sweet spot to jump? I, I, in imagine standard? you have like six mana, right? Yeah. You're like three mana Reflector Mage, bounce your thing, 
sacrifice it with my other three mana. Go to sacrifice reality smash. Yeah, and then smash in. That's a heck of a turn, right? Yeah, that's really good. And they can't replay their blocker. Yeah, that's really good. Or, like, what if I just go, um... I got the one that I think is really good, like... Yeah. Uh, Reflector Mage into Reality Smasher. Uh, but you can go... Like, there's all kinds of awesome stuff. Like, um, there's a bunch of stuff that's based around Goblin Dark Dwellers, I think, that you can do. Right? Sure. Like, but you, you get... You can't... It's, it, it removes itself from the game. So, like, if you went, like, Reality Smash... Like, if you went, sorry, like, Reflector Mage, Sacrifice this... Uh, Goblin Dark Dweller for this thing and then <laughs> chain that up into a 7 sure. that would be you couldn't do that but you, could, you, but you can get this card into your yard and then just play and a Goblin, play Dark Dweller. Goblin Dweller and go to a 7 yes you could do that what 7 do you want? I don't know I have to look Worldbreaker yeah that seems fine That's you don't get your trigger but no, it's probably, it's not probably the, I mean the Goblin Dark Dweller might be more valuable than the Worldbreaker yeah. uh, so it's hard to say uh, uh, card but, I, a 5 I really like Ishkana, Graf Widow, Legendary Spider. So, do you like this just because it goes into your spider spawning commander deck? Yes. <laughs> but I also kind of, I'm kind of interested in, in like the green white deck we were playing at uh, in Standard the other day. Uh, this isn't, in my opinion, this is not better than Uvenwald Hydra at five. I'm not sure. You didn't have Delirium that often, did you? Well, that's. I probably need to make some slight alterations for Delirium. But so let's define the card. But, Ishkanam, yeah. the Graf Widow, is four and a G. It's, so first of all, say the name correctly. Ishkana Grouse Widow. If this is this card was made for Becker. I mean, it's probably made for me, to be honest. Ishkana Grouse <laughs> Widow. It's, it's a she, right? It's a widow. Yeah. Legendary creature spider. Four, four and a G, so five total for a three, five. This is like the Beckerest card ever. A five mana three five with reach. With reach, done. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, first pick. No pass list. No, no pass list. Are you kidding? It has reach. No pass list. You're not even green. I can't let my opponent have this. this is, what if I? What if I had like a two five flyer? It would bounce off of this. I can't let him have this. No pass list. Okay, so it has a bunch of other abilities. So it has delirium. When Ishkana Grouse Widow enters the battlefield, if there are four or more card types among cards in your group, you know, just the standard Delirium yeah, chance, yeah. put three one, two green spider creature tokens with reach onto the battlefield. So it makes, so it's basically like Siege Gang Spider. See, Cloud, uh, cloud, cloud Goat, Goat Spider. Uh, and then it has this additional ability, which is not dependent on Delirium. You can just yeah. do this ability. Six and a B. It's expensive. Target opponent loses one life for each spider you control. So the implication is there's six power from this and yeah. then four life life loss. So it's a two-turn clock card. All right, so you got three plus three is six, get in for six, and then drain them. So, so the, re the reason do it twice it's or 20 points. since we played that deck, we've moved the Eldrazi Displacers into the main deck of that green-white deck. Have we done that? Yes. Okay. Certainly online I've done that. I don't okay. know what you've done with what the physical you... copy that you didn't have for me. If you had asked me, he said, hey, Mike, can you bring me the... Oh, by the way, you got to bring me a modern deck from John. I'm going tonight. to John's tonight to get you a modern deck because that's what I am. I'm just like a deck fairy. You are. And I was, and I mean deck fairy, F-E-R-R-Y, not F-A-I-R-Y. <laughs> I moved decks from one, yeah. one, one place to another. So, uh, yes, that's what I was actually You're a deck do. mind click. I'm, de I'm deck mind click. Uh, so, yeah, I'm getting a modern... Wait, why? Is there a modern event? I'm going to play the modern at uh, Aether Game for a box of Eternal Masters on Tuesday. Next Tuesday? Yeah. 
Um, Maybe you will join me. Do you have the card Ancestral Vision? Probably. I think I can make a modern deck if you I have gotta go to, I gotta go to my office and check, but I think I have it. You have an office? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly houses my magic card collection, <laughs> but yes. Um, I, I could make a Grixis, I think, but I think yeah. I want. I think the, the I want to play with um, Ancestral Vision and uh, Goblin Dark Dweller. That seems like super powerful to yeah. me. So like, you know, what's cool because Ancestral Vision stinks. So, but you know, it doesn't stink. Putting Ancestral Vision on top of your library with uh, Serum Visions and then flipping it over with Thought Scour. And then casting a Goblin Dark Dweller later. That seems That's good. awesome. Because yeah. like, Ancestral Vision by itself sticks. Because, like, there's just no, like, turn two or turn three. Um, two, blue, this, uh, three turns from now. You're dead. Yeah. Okay, that's not a thing you can do. So I, I cut one Ulvenvald Hydra and one other card. Heresy. I you understand that the whole point is to I know. I know. blink the Ulvenvald Hydra. I understand, but blinking a Graf Widow seems pretty good, too. Assuming you can get the letter. We gotta, you gotta make a couple changes. I saw you also made some change to your list. You showed me that uh, where you had the Traverse through Ovenvault in your deck now. No, I didn't. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember this. Yeah. I want to play a green-red version with um, with uh, Exquisite Firecraft, and I think Traverse through Ovenvault is good in that version because in the the it's it's super cool. You can go like Traverse through Ovenvault to go get. Um, Goblin Dark Dweller and then play it and then like flashback <laughs> to the just reverse. Do you go get another Goblin yeah. Dark Dwellers? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> um, but because you have all these Goblin Dark Dwellers and then you can flashback Exquisite Firecraft. So like that's actually pretty interesting. You can do like a lot of Exquisite Firecraft damage to people but the problem with that version is it's not white or black or blue. It's the other two colors. So it's like pretty big gap on Profane Prince fighting. Sure. So like... But you get clip wings. Yeah, you, that version has four clip wings on the sideboard, which is <laughs> absurd that you would want to play four clip wings. But you just cannot beat the card what did I, Profane I Prince. the other day and they clip wings main. I mean, like, all the best cards are like Archangel Avacyns yeah, and... Yeah, they're just like main deck clip wings. are like, ah, well, that sucked. But like if you're, I won the next two. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if your opponent's plus like playing like blue red or whatever, like Clipwing's actually pretty good. It just yeah. kills all their good threats. Well, what do you think about Grimflayer, the mana deprived? Oh card? my God, Grimflayer! <laughs> this card is super good. So BG, I mean, if you're listening to man, this on mana deprived, you already know what this card is. What if they're listening to it because they just followed our tweet? BG for a human warrior, trample two two, mythic rare. Whenever Grimflayer deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put any number of them into your graveyard, and the rest back on top of your library in any order. So it's an orcish librarian? Yeah, and then Delirium, Grimflayer gets plus two, plus two. So it's like super easy to get Delirium if you have a Delirium-enabled deck when you're playing this, because it just gives you Delirium. Right, you hit once. Yeah, and you just get Delirium. Uh, I think this card is absurd, because you can just play it in a deck with like Evolutionary Leap and... Uh, and, uh, uh, Eldritch Evolution? Well, I was actually just thinking of, um, of Hangerback Walker. Hangerback Walker gives you two types. That's why it's such a good card. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, so if you, like, between, like, those four or five cards you're already talking about easily hitting Delirium, but you just play with, like, Evolving Wilds, which yeah. you would want to do in a black-green deck anyway. I think, like, that, like, a little Eldritch Evolution I, action. I, I mean, depend, assuming that there's a seven you desperately really want to hit, like, the... Like you can also easily throw Eldritch Evolution into your yard with a card like this, too. 
Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's awesome. Right, and like I mean, also you have the new you have the news constrictor, and you have a bunch of like a bunch of other discard outlets where like you could set it up to that on turn five. You're just like it's probably just like a dark le- dweller into Eldr- and what if there's just a seven. legit aggro deck where you're just like what was the two one guy for G? That guy. This what colors guy. do you want to be? Green, black? Green, black beats. Yeah. This guy, that guy, uh, and then, like, the news constrictor. And then, are there, like, black madness? If we could just play some... Are there madnesses and stuff we would play? Sure. I think that vampire is a little profligate for for uh, for a deck that's two colors. It's BBB. Sure. Um, but I think you just easily play a deck that was, like, similar to the deck that Mike Sigris used to make top eight of Pro Tour Cons of Tarkir. You're, like, those guys. Maybe three... Uh, three colors is probably pretty bad mana in standard. Um, just like you know, get in there. These are like all great guys that are hard to block. Yeah, yeah. Top out, top out with a Graf Widow. No. Grouse Widow. No. Ah, damn it. That card is. I don't. I don't think that card is is a, a beater card. Sure. I think that no, card it's, is like it's a, not. It was definitely not. Hold a beater the card. fort. Card. It is. It is. It is a spin a web of dirtledom. Like this card reminds me of like a versus system card. You know, there's like all these cards that are just like they cost a bazillion mana. You play them and then they prevent the opponent from attacking you effectively for some period of time. Uh, what, what do you think about Cameo Field Researcher? Uh, I think that card is one G one one and band. Yeah, that basically. card is four mana for four loyalty planeswalker. Plus one ability is choose up to two target creatures until your next turn. Whenever either of those creatures deals combat damage, combat damage. Yeah. Uh, you draw a card. So this is like a situation where your opponent has two, uh, <coughs> you know, is sitting on a Sylvan Advocate. You're sitting on two Sylvan Advocates, and you would attack, and then, you know, and they're just going to block. You still would get to draw a card with your Sylvan Advocate. Well, so in that situation, I think one thing you could do is just give both Sylvan Advocates the ability. Yeah, you do. So you attack. If he blocks, then you draw two. Right. If he doesn't block, you draw one. If he attacks you, you block and draw two. So, yeah. like, if he attacks you back, you just, like, so I attack, you don't block, uh, I draw a card, then you somehow forget that this ability is still on the card, you attack me back, I block, I draw two, I've drawn three cards. Yeah, yeah cards, I think that that ability is very interesting. Then there's a second ability, which is uh, minus... Tap up to two target non-land permanents, they don't untap during their controls next untap step, that's a minus two. Yeah, that card, that, that ability is pretty... It's. I think it's less interesting than the first ability, but I think it's just, like, going to be awesome for just punching damage through. Right. I think, actually, both abilities are interestingly good for punching damage through. Yeah. Um, but then the reason that this card is spectacular, and actually the main reason why I think that Oath of Gideon might gain... Like, you think about Oath of Gideon for a second, right? You play yeah. Oath of Gideon, it's white and two, put two tokens into play, play Tamio Field Research, give those tokens the Ophidian ability and get in there. Yeah. That's, like... A thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, and the thing is that you just gain, and you know, it's already at six loyalty if you've done this, right? You need one additional turn before it's at limit break, right? And the thing is, it's minus seven is among the most absurd in of all the cards in standard. This card only costs four. So draw three cards. It starts with draw three cards. You get an emblem. Yeah. And that's all that happens. You just get an emblem, which generally means you've won the game. All right. Uh, you may cast non-land cards from your hand without paying their mana cost. So... It just, you know, let's say you expended your Tamiyo Field Researcher by making it go minus seven. Don't worry. You draw three cards and you can just play the next one for free. So <laughs> next you, one and an Emrakul and a... Yeah, you gain Omniscience, right? Yeah. So I think that, I think that that is the thing on the card. This is, this is like on everybody's to break list. Uh, I think, it, I think it's, I, my prediction is that that card will not be broken in standard. 
but that it will be it gives you marginal advantage and sometimes highly crazy. highly played to a great deal of success. Yeah. Because I think it will take a lot of the existing non-hit spots in band company decks. It's so good in band company. Yeah. Right? It's like highly synergistic with creature-based strategies. It's the right colors already. And it gives you a clean finishing ability, right? You're just like, tap down two things, attack with my two huge... Like, I have, a I have like a large Tyler Striker and a Sylvan Navigate that's four or five. Get in there for ten. You know? Like, that's uh, that's exactly what you want with a, with a deck like that. Uh, and I so I don't think that the Omniscience will come into play so often, but that it's obviously there. That's the thing that people are excited about, but the card is... Utterly playable, even without the omniscience. I think that the omniscience is going to be a thing that expensive sorcery master and others will try to break. I think it's not particularly likely that it'll be broken in that way, but it will be a very successful, very good card. Um, of the cards we talked about today, which is your favorite? Uh, I think the card that I'm actually most excited about playing with is Eldritch Evolution. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, kind of harkens back to some of the more broken things you can do in green, whether it's Birthing Pod or Natural Order. Or, you know, there's just going to always be some interesting scenario with this card. Yeah. Mine is probably Tamiya Field Research. Yeah? Mine, yeah, the card is bananas, I think. What do you think about the extended Mindbender? I think that... Um, this card is kind of insane. I think that it's delirious. Because, uh, I think that I have to go get you a modern deck. And if we keep podcasting okay. forever, okay. We, we will podcast forever and you will have no modern deck. Okay. All right. And we'll, so we'll, we'll pick this up... In a day or so. Yeah. But when the full the full spoiler is going to be out any day. All right. So, so. we'll 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 come we'll we'll do our little uh, our our rare and rumored set review. We're we have to like do a pretty good set review at least like every other set I think. <laughs> All right. Small sets only. <laughs> um, this is Michael J. Flores. It's Brandy Marshall. By the way, just before we go, it was as good as I expected. Oh, you should send a picture in the show notes. I will. I will send a picture in the show notes. So we've talked. Mike and I have talked about this nitro cold brew coffee, which we were drinking during from this podcast. the from the money laundering haberdashery. Yeah. And Let's get up and talk yeah, about yeah. it. So and so I was like, hey, Mike, do you think there's like a place that serves soft serve ice cream? Soft serve ice cream anywhere near the haberdashery? And I was like, in fact, there is one right around the corner. And uh, so I made an affogato. So, I uh, Brian went to the ice cream place around the corner, what whilst. Whilst I uh, got the, the coffees, and then he just just incrementally poured coffee onto his ice yeah, cream. Yeah, it's really good. It kind of looks a little ugly at first because like little bits of ice cream are floating on top. It doesn't look pretty. Yeah. As I kind of in my head, the velvety nitro coffee looked a little prettier being poured over the ice cream. But it tasted good. But it tasted insane. Yeah. Did it taste delirious? It did taste. Delirious. Did it give you madness? It did. It All did. right. I had madness. You already do start it with madness. Yeah, I started with madness. That's too bad. Do you gain like a, a discount on casting cost or? Uh, I can just sort of be played from exile. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, this is still Michael J. Still Brian David Marshall. Bye.